welcome to the Pause Daddy podcast. Super funny, fast stories for you and me. I'm your host, Michael Kornbluth. And this is Busted Beauty. Busted Beauty, otherwise known as Becca Cornbluth, was in no singing mood on St. Patrick's Day, especially during the chanting portion of her bat mitzvah, without a Torah scroll to hide her nose behind which she inherited from her mom's black Irish side. Still, Becca wasn't too green with envy on her 13th birthday compared to Ivanka Trump's daughter, who most likely chanted her Haftorah portion in Mandarin. In fact, Becca was feeling a tad luckier than most since she struck up a platonic relationship with her best and only real friend, Joshua Prize, who turned her on to Phil Linnott's Soul Man and a Half Stylings as the lead bassist and head frontman singer-songwriter behind Thin Lizzy, who actually looked black Irish from head to toe in real life, sporting the supersize Fly Guy 70s Afro to match. Getting Becca into Thin Lizzy, live and dangerous, wasn't the easiest sell, despite Phil Lennart being considered Dublin's answer to the biracial Bruce Springsteen of his day because she associated everything Irish with her busted looking nose with a bump on top that no amount of Irish spring when applied to it could smooth her ruptured soul. After the time, she was forced to feel excluded because of it during a game of Spin the Guinness Bottle on St. Patrick's Day on her birthday, no less, which is the double whammy of in-your-face shame. It was one year ago when Becca was forced to hide in the closet at Joshua's birthday party, who was born on St. Patrick's Day, too. So maybe there was some truth behind there being a thing called Luck of the Black Irish after all. Normally, Becca didn't attend many birthday parties. Instead, spending her free time at home, listening to Neil Diamond's record, Hot August Nights, while reading crack magazines as her black Irish mom, who possessed a piss-poor tolerance for even low-alcohol lagers like Killian's Red, yelled at her dad, Michael Kornbluth, for not touching her anymore. 
which made her feel like the busted, broken beauty inside. But tonight was different because Joshua Prize was a transfer student from Park Slope, Brooklyn, and not having any friends in this new suburban hamlet, otherwise known as Croton Falls, 45 minutes north of New York City, home of the ultimate St. Patrick's Day parade, he struck up a friendly conversation with Becca after the teacher announced the classroom birthdays, despite both of them refusing to wear green on St. Patrick's Day. Joshua's prize's excuse was that he didn't think green was the most flattering color on him. Plus, his Jewish father, who married an Irish lassie, also was beat up by Irish kids nonstop growing up in Brooklyn, who called him a Christ killer at nauseam, insisting his ancestors, nine degrees separated from Don Rickles' ancestry family line, were responsible for heckling the Romans into crucifying Jesus to death. So sporting green on St. Patrick's Day didn't make Joshua Prize feel so money mighty on Beat Up the Jew Day for being associated with alien blood colonizing bloodsuckers who control the Federal Reserve and all the banks in the North Pole too. So when Joshua Prize was given the opportunity to make an impression, when introducing himself to the class, he did. Joshua says, you're probably wondering why I'm not wearing green today. A classmate yells, because you're a dirty gay Jew bastard? Joshua says, I was going to say Celtic shirts darken my inner light and look too regular drab for my taste, but close enough. (laughs) Anyway. I'm having a St. Patrick's Day birthday party at my parents' house tonight, which also happens to be my birthday. We dyed the pool green, hired House of Paint, a DJ, and imported a brick oven pizza that was hand-tiled in Italy that will be serving all the pesto pizza pies you can eat. Party starts at 7. Hope to see you all there, especially Becca. Becca's an extra Lucy, goosey, live wire one, I can tell. The entire class laughs with surging derision, despite Joshua letting off a winkish smile at Becca from afar while looking directly through her soul, which screamed, New love is back in town. Two seconds into the party, the class bully, Liam O'Reilly, insists they play a game of spin the bottle, but only if Joshua and Becca hide in the closet because they refuse to wear a shirt that says, Kiss me, I'm Irish. Becca and Joshua oblige. Becca hunches over in a rather spacious closet while fighting off hanging minks and leather jackets to get a clear view of Joshua, whose father, Stephen Kornbluth, was a big-time TV development executive in Manhattan for FX, who greenlit It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Rescue Me. Finally, Becca fights through the endless jackets and her eyes meet Joshua's piercing, hazel-lit eyes. She goes in for a kiss, but Joshua backs away from it. Becca says, Why don't you want to kiss me? Joshua says, I'm just nervous about kissing you, Becca, because I've never kissed a girl before. Becca says, That makes two of us for now. Joshua consents he'll wreck Becca's self-esteem for the foreseeable future if he doesn't try to get into kissing her immediately. Joshua leans in to kiss Becca with his eyes closed 
and they clanked their teeth together, almost shattering them into smithereens, showcasing 0.0 kissing chemistry between them. Becca says, so I wasn't born to be your main squeeze after all. We can still be friends, right? Joshua says, would you like to try jamming this Guinness bottle up my ass to see if I'd like that instead? <laughs> I saw it happen to this girl in a movie once called I Spit on Your Grave. They both exude a nervous yet hearty laugh, neither of them being able to tell if Joshua wasn't more half serious than half joking or not. Now, Becca stands tall over the Bema, which is the elevated stage in synagogue, where she performs her speech to commemorate the completion of her bar mitzvah and says, one time a dear friend told me, rejection toughens you up for more rejection. Yet I stopped feeling excluded from a happy St. Patrick's Day since Joshua Prize came into my life. All of a sudden, my birthday felt pregnant with feel-good possibility again. Now, I no longer wanted to bury my nose in AP chemistry books till science came to hide my mark of shame. I've wanted a nose job for the longest time. Originally, it was the only reason I decided to study for my bar mitzvah after my dad bribed me with bar mitzvah money to pay for it. But I don't mind my nose anymore. Since my friend Joshua gave it a positive spin after a game of spin the bottle on our birthdays, when we were forced to sit out the game in a closet at his parents' house amongst ourselves, Joshua said, don't blame your mom for your busted nose. Busted beauty. Blame your gay closeted dad for getting too drunk to pull out again. Who cares if you inherited your mom's busted nose or not? Your dad's the one you should be pissed off at, especially knowing how he wants you to use your own mitzvah money to pay for corrective nose surgery that was his glaring production oversight in the first place. At the same time, you can't be too mad at Pops because he gave me you. Granted, our kissing chemistry is non-existent, but love was back in town the day we met in chemistry class. And we could always produce a test tube baby together if you'd like. Like the late, great Phil Lynott said, if you've got nothing but a sense of humor, you will survive. And we've got each other's back no matter what. Who cares if you prefer girls, but not when I dress up like one in a pink wig either. Pervs stick together. Hey, we just added ourselves while still stuck in the closet. Regardless, you'll always be my favorite busted beauty, Becca. And I said, Joshua, stop being such a drama queen already. Then we reemerge from the closet while the game of spin the bottle resumes among all the party goers who continue to ignore the totality of our collective existence. Then I go in to kiss Joshua on the lips. 
but he arches his back away from me before cracking his head on the corner of the wall, which required 13 stitches soon after. So what's my takeaway hypothesis, ladies and gentlemen? He's only a fag hag if you end up marrying him. Besides, no busted beauties are perfect. Billy Wilder lives as a gender fluid comedian. Holla! Thank you very much.